0: Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, another amazing guest. I am interviewing Alexis Letty. Now, we've got a lot of really cool things to talk about between being a D1 athlete, growing up uh, playing sports, being Victorian of her high school. We're going to talk about her current cryptocurrency podcast, what that's all about. But the bulk of the time, we're going to talk about her time as a pageant queen. She was Miss Indiana USA 2020. Talk all about what it means to be a, a pageant queen. What it means to be a title holder. Some misconceptions about you know the pageant system. I certainly had some. We're going to talk all about uh, exactly what it truly means. Uh, we're going to talk about how she was the longest reigning uh, Miss Indiana USA because of COVID. Interesting there. Talk a little bit about how COVID affected her reign, what she was able to accomplish, which was some really amazing things. Has a really, really cool platform as far as breaking the mold. We're going to talk all about what that means. Uh, I really enjoyed speaking with her. Just an amazing person. A lot of really inspiring things to say. I I really enjoyed speaking with her. I think you're going to enjoy this whether you're big into pageants, never seen one, um, or uh, just like to hear from a really cool person. That's certainly what Alexis is. I should say that's certainly what Letty is, because that's one of the first things we're going to talk about, about how she um, kind of owns her last name and why she goes by it. So I think you're going to enjoy this one. Without further ado, here is Alexis Letty. I'm here today with Alexis Letty. Alexis, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. We were just talking beforehand. I know that you you kind of just go by your last name, kind of explain explain why Letty is, is the name that you... Uh, that you've kind of, uh, is your Oprah moment. I don't know whether that's even, <laughs> even the cool thing to say now, but if
1: Yeah, it's like Beyonce as well. You know, the one right. name wonder kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But I grew up playing sports and everybody kind of called me Letty. It just stuck with me more. I'm kind of quirky and goofy and Alexis. I just feel like it's more sophisticated. Yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> when I went to college, It is, you know, uh, and then when I went to college, I decided that I wasn't even going to say, hi, I'm Alexis. I was just going to start out with, Hey, I'm Letty. And it wasn't until my senior year, I had a class that was about, it was about your name and who you are. And it was like the sociology of the family and everyone was talking about their name. And I was like, why do I really go by Letty? And I think sports was a part of it, but growing up, I, you know, I had a struggle with my parents back and forth. And I felt like Alexis was kind of what they wanted me to be. And Letty was what I was always meant to be. And it's like my destiny because they couldn't choose my last name. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, now I'm, I'm good with my parents. My mom's going to listen to this probably. Hey, mom. Um, but, that was, but that was really important for me to like own who I was and my own dreams rather than doing and being what other people wanted me to be
0: that's pretty deep you're starting it off deep right off the gate but yeah, oh, yeah i i i like that i think in sports a lot of people do go by their last name and you have that unique last name so it sounds mm-hmm. sounds cool i like that you you pick beyonce something way more mainstream and i'm still sticking with oprah i think that shows where who we are as, as people here but i, <laughs> I think that's funny uh, let's talk a little bit about growing up. You mentioned you're know, your moving into, into being Letty rather than just mm-hmm. Alexis. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about kind of growing up. I know that if, if I, I heard right, you're the, the daughter of a, a principal and you did quite well in school. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Yes. <laughs> so my mom was a principal when I was growing up. And so academics were very important in my household and I also very competitive. So, I mean, I would always get a test back and I'd always ask my classmates, Hey, what'd you get? Oh, what'd you get? And I'd be like, Oh, ha-ha, I got a better grade than you. Like I would study my butt off, not because I necessarily like wanted to learn these subjects, but because I just wanted to get better grades than My classmates. And uh, I think that goes into how I succeeded as an athlete and also how I succeeded in pageantry is just my competitive nature. Um, So my mom instilled that in me. She made it a very big point that academics are more important than everything, which I can agree. I can agree. I think it's important to always be learning. I don't think school is necessarily the best scale to understand someone's knowledge, but Um, I did graduate Val Victorian from high school. Mm -hmm. I went to the George Washington university and I graduated early from there. And I I got some, something that was like of notoriety that my mom always reminds me of, but I don't know. It was like where you get A's and B's in college. I'm not really sure what it's called, but she's like, that's a big deal. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm just, I just wanted to get out of here. But um, so academics have always been important and instilled in me of how it's going to create a better future for yourself. But I think, why I liked academics was because of the competitiveness behind it.
0: The competitiveness, yeah. Well, you don't you don't know any of my background, but I I work in higher education. I work in mm-hmm. in admissions and and an advisor. So of course I'm all about higher education and all about academics. I like that, but I, I, whatever drives you that, that competitive nature, I think that's kind of, that's kind of funny that that's what, what took you to the places that you, that you went, but let's move (laughs) on to the, go to the, the day D one, uh, volleyball. You, you went to Georgetown, um, George Washington, George. Washington. You went to George George, Washington. Washington. Way talk better. About, talk a little bit about that. Is it what? Okay. Talk about why it's way better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's way better. Okay. So it's actually in D.C. It's four blocks from the White House, four blocks from the Lincoln. Georgetown is a drive away from all what's happening in D.C. So I wanted to be at, in a city. I wanted to go to a city school and really experience the city because I grew up in small town Indiana. I didn't really get to experience the big city life. I had never been like walking places before, lived somewhere where where i could walk to the grocery store and walk to go do something fun and so i wanted to be in the heart of everything so that's why george washington is better than georgetown okay uh also our volleyball program was better as well so i want to be on a winning team more than yeah. i wanted to be on a losing team so <laughs> <that's> <laughs> i feel like
0: is that a big rivalry did i just completely say something
1: wrong like oh my gosh
0: i mean obviously you're from indiana i'm from indiana I would have told you, you know, as an IU grad, if you told me I went to Purdue, I would be a little upset. So hopefully I didn't just do that.
1: That's like the same rivalry. So that's right. what you just, you just did that. Yeah. All right. Well, I apologize. All good. All good. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I really started playing volleyball when I was 14. So that's actually kind of quote unquote late for somebody. I grew up swimming and playing soccer. And so then I finally started playing volleyball because people are like, Hey, you're really tall. You need to get into this. I think you can be really good. I had a lot of people start investing time in me, you know, giving me private lessons, telling me that like you can actually make something of this. You can get your whole college paid for through this. And I was like, oh wow, like okay, this is amazing. Not that we you know couldn't afford college, but it was something that was definitely enticing to open up more doors and opportunities for me. And so I, I joined a club team called Kiva. It's in It's Kentucky, Indiana Volleyball Academy. It's one of the best volleyball clubs in the nation. I remember trying out my brother made fun of me. He's like, oh, that's cute. You actually think you're going to make that? That's funny. And then I remember getting the call when I made the ones team. And I was, I remember like taking a picture, like a a selfie of myself before that was a thing. And I like told my brother and he was like, oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know that you could actually do that. Or you're that good, which I wasn't that good, but I just had the best tryout of my freaking life. And so I made the team um, and that really catapulted my love for volleyball and where I saw a future for myself.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hearing kind of a theme that if somebody tells you, you can't do something, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but if someone tells you, you can't do something. You have this really big drive to go and say, no, nah, no, nah, I can do it.
1: Yeah. I love, oh, I love that. Yes. Honestly, it's, it's it's a gift and a curse. I would say because I love proving people wrong so much that it's, it's probably debilitating to a few of my other dreams and goals, but at the same time, it is very fun to accomplish things that people don't think is possible. Or I, I you know I have this quote I like to say, which is break the mold, like break the stereotypes or the stigmas that people think that you are and do your own thing or open up a new door that hasn't even been there yet.
0: Yeah. And I want to mention that the break the mold thing in a bit, but what, with your answer, you reminded me of, it is about that competitive nature. Do you think mm-hmm. that, do you think that sometimes does, you know, harm your ability to succeed? Cause sometimes I know I'm very competitive and there's sometimes mm-hmm. that I am so worried about actually just beating someone else that I'm not actually doing probably what's best for myself. So do you ever feel like maybe that competitive nature has hurt you? There's obviously a lot of ways that it's helped, but you think it ever. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the stuff that does, that's good for me outweighs the bad. I think Mm -hmm. the bad things that it might cause are, I want stuff to be almost perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I create content or when I'm putting stuff out, I want it to be great. And so sometimes that debilitates me from just starting or just putting it out there. I've gotten better over the years, you know, this year or last year, I started my YouTube channel and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put a short video out every day. It doesn't matter if it's perfect. Doesn't matter if it's good. I'm just going to do that. And that account just grew. Um, I have, I think like 70,000 on there right now, which is insane to think about because it's something I've wanted to do for so long, but My competitiveness of being the best or doing the best work I can kind of held me back from ever exploring that avenue.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Some, you know, you you know that when you want to do something, you want to do it the at the very top level. So sometimes it stops you from actually doing something. I that's really really a big thing, and I think a lot of us struggle with that. We're we we worry about failure, but then we also worry about uh, you know, is it going to be is it going to be good enough? Well, you know, you you've got to try. I've I've talked to a lot of authors who you know, the scariest thing is that first word. Once you write that first word, get things down, you can, you can rewrite a book a, a hundred times, a million times, but if you don't start writing at all, you're never going to have a book. So I think that's a, a big thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about a little bit more about being an athlete, being a D1 athlete. How do you think that, uh, you know, that mindset is going to kind of help you further in life? And, and the reason I asked that is I've talked to, a few like Olympic gold medalists too. Obviously they're big in athletics. That's, you know, what, Mm -hmm. what they've dedicated their life to, but they talk about those transferable skills that they're going to be able to take, you know, with them based on being, you know, on a team and, and team building and leadership, all that kind of stuff. I'm already kind of answering my own question, but what, uh, what, what do you think that that's going to help you uh, in life and what it's already helping you with?
1: I mean, being an athlete has created me to be like the powerhouse of a woman that I am. You know, I don't think without it, I would be as confident. I don't think I would be as fearless. I've had people describe me as fearless, which is interesting. You know, like how you have your friends or someone you're dating, you're like three words to describe me. And people say fearless a lot. And it kind of just surprises me. And I think that's because I'm not afraid to fail. I know we talked about that earlier about me want to be a perfectionist, but I think I've come to the point in my life where. I'm not, I'm okay with failing. I'm like, all right, I'll learn from it. I'll get over it. Like, it'll be better. You know, I'm working with a new company right now and I'm like, no, we just have to start. Like, let's just do it. Let's like suck at first. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, let's suck. And then we can always get better. So that's something that it taught me, you know, you're not the best at first. Um, It also taught me a lot about leadership, being a good leader, being a vulnerable leader, because being a vulnerable leader, is being a powerful leader, it's important to lead by example rather than telling people what to do. And I hold, I hold a lot of my standards to also being an example to people. Like, I don't want to have my team work hard and not me working harder than them. Like, I want them to see me working and be like, wow, like, she's putting all of her energy and all of her effort in this project and like i'm so excited to be working with her because she's she's making me want to work harder make me want to do better and that's something that you learn in volleyball you know you you can't yell at somebody on the court oh you need to run faster if i'm walking you know it doesn't work like that Uh, and so i think there's a lot of more respect in somebody who leads by example as well
0: oh 100 i i agree completely with that. I, I like that a lot. Let's talk about uh let's talk about pageantry. Let's talk about um I guess first steps towards going for the for the Miss Indiana pageant. I I hear through some of the other times that I've listened to you that it wasn't like this big lifelong thing that you spent, you know, years and years and years planning for it. It was kind of a again a kind of a, a whim thing. So let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't a yearly, like a many years in advance planning thing. But I think I remember when I was younger and I wanted to originally be a sports broadcaster, I looked up what was going to help me get there faster or what was going to help me with that. And I did look up pageantry. There was a woman named Katie George. She played at Kiva, the club I played at. And she, I think, was about four years older than me, uh, maybe. And when I looked at her, I was like, Oh, I want to do that. And she did Miss Kentucky USA, but it never came to fruition. And so, yes, it was random and on a whim that I did this, but it wasn't the first time that I thought about it. And I was living in LA at the time. I was acting out here doing some modeling, mostly acting though. And I kept getting signs about Miss Indiana, USA. I was walking in New York Fashion Week, somebody in my lineup was like, hey, I see you being a Miss USA. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks, whatever. Uh, One of my best friends mentioned their sister was Miss Puerto Rico, USA, and they were like, hey, have you thought about doing this? I was like, that's weird, somebody else mentioned this. I was looking for a new roommate in LA, The one person that seemed less sketchy on Facebook was a girl who was Miss Alaska USA. And she was like, no, you should do it. It's going to open so many doors. It's going to help you brand yourself. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, fine. I'm going to look into this. I called up one of my friend's moms who I knew was in pageantry. And she's like, I was just thinking about you for Miss Indiana USA. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. And I I was telling her, I'm still a little cautious. I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. And she's like, well, just look at when the date falls. and." Tell me if it works for you. I looked at the date. It was at the end of the month that my lease in LA was up. So I was like, okay, if that's, it's not, if that's not the biggest sign, I don't know what is, you know, I can't pass up this opportunity. So I worked with her, uh, signed up a little bit over a month before the competition. And she worked with me. We, we trained every day. I mean, I took my heels and my bathing suit into LA fitness and was walking and just the, the, the area with all the mirrors while people were working out, people were staring at me looking like I was crazy, but I was like, no, this is good. This is going to help me build my confidence for when I'm really on stage. And if I can handle these people that don't even know what the heck is going on or why I'm doing this right now, I can handle a room of people expecting a woman to come on stage in a bathing suit and show her confidence. So that's kind of how it happened. And uh, I don't want to discredit the fact that for, or once I decided to compete for Miss Indiana USA, I asked myself why. I asked myself why I was competing, because I don't think it's important for anybody to choose to do something that's going to drastically change their life without understanding why they're doing it. Yeah. So I went into the woods, <laughs> sounds so hippie. I went into the woods with a notebook, a blank notebook. And I wrote down, you know, there's this quote that's like road to USA, road to Miss USA. And I wrote down road to impact because I couldn't think of a good reason why I was being called to Miss Indiana, USA without. A great impact that's going to be coming too. So I started asking myself questions like why, what talents do I have that could offer you know, a Miss Indiana USA something great to do? What knowledge do I have to give my community? What differences do I want to see in Indiana? What do I wish I had when I was younger as a role model? And I kept writing down all these things and it made me realize like, I am, I am Miss Indiana USA. I'm going to win this. They're like, there's no question because I'm being called, first off, I'm being called by God. And God doesn't ever let you do something that you can't, that you're not prepared for that you can't accomplish. And so once I figured out my why that I want to be the voice that I wish I heard when I was younger, that I wanted to disrupt the pageant system and that I wanted to um, gain a more respect of where I came from and understand that growing up in Indiana was a blessing rather than a curse. And so it, it filled other people's cups while I was Miss Indiana USA, but it also filled my cup.
0: I like a lot of parts of that. Every day, every day in my role in, in higher education, I always ask, you know, what what's your why? That's that's really what's going to to drive you when things get tough and and things are you know you're you're at two a.m. You can't finish this paper. You have the why why you're go, why are why you here. I, I yeah. love that. You're you're speaking my language there, and I also really like. You know, that you envision that I, I already am, you know, miss Indiana. That's, that's a huge, huge thing. Cause I, you know, I have students all the time. That's like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's, what, what am I going to do? Or what's the process? If I fail a course, like you're already thinking about failing the course, what, like, you know, that's, that's not, that's not where you should be right now. You're, we
1: let's talk about passing courses. Let's not go, talk about yeah. failing courses. I think people discredit how powerful their mind really is For sure. because if you, if you, think something, that's what you manifest it. That's what it becomes. So I remember when I was preparing for Miss Indiana USA, I woke up every day as if I was already her. What do I think, what what do I think she would do? I think she would wake up early. I think she'd go to the gym. I think she'd focus on eating healthy. I think she'd focus on reading a book and probably being more educated. I think she'd focus on this. And so I became that woman that I thought was a Miss Indiana USA before I even became Miss Indiana USA. I did the same thing for Miss USA. I really thought I was going to win that with all my heart. But by the end of it, when I didn't win, I wasn't upset. I realized God had different plans for me but I, but I have elevated myself so much by showing up as this person that I am now a more elevated version of Alexis Letty.
0: I think that's awesome. I don't, just like you said, I don't think people realize just the power, you know, between the, between their ears, for sure. I've talked to so many people that have mentioned just that, you know, bowling, I talked to a professional bowler and they talked about 10% of it's trying to get it down the the lane. It's 90% just like I'm going to do it. Get a strike! I'm going to do this. So I, I I love that for sure. I think that's that's powerful, and that's why you know we're we're talking to you as Miss Indiana because you you know you you willed it, and that's exactly what happened. The thing that I guess I didn't realize, and it could be kind of the other pageant system, um, you, you you entered to be Miss Indiana is it not something where you have to like win a, a county first or what, what
1: what what's that look like so that's the america system gotcha. so there's there's two main systems in the u.s the miss america one is the more traditional one it's like the one that you see sandra bullock in uh what's that the pageant movie why am i blankie congeniality. miss congeniality where there's a talent portion and um there's no talent in miss usa We are talented women, but there is no there is no talented portion. I'm
0: gonna snip that. I'm gonna snip that little part out
1: um no don't sniff it out keep it it's funny no i um, mean snip
0: it as in just on a loop there's no talent in Miss oh, oh. no
1: <laughs> okay that would be funny actually <laughs> um but yeah they represent two different things so miss America's system is more on philanthropy and it's more based off scholarship so it's a lot of women that are in college getting scholarship or want to pursue a higher education use that money for scholarship miss usa is more of a role model that's modern with the trends. So they go to trendier events, you know, like New York fashion week They're they're in events that are timely, that are are more consumed by hype media rather than like traditional scholarship standards. Hmm. Um, Miss USA organization goes to Miss universe. Miss America doesn't go to anything. So if you ever hear about Miss universe, a Miss USA would be the one to go to Miss universe.
0: I gotcha. So obviously you're, you're probably a, Slightly biased, but which one do you think is maybe more? I don't want to say better because obviously you like you know you like the. Oh, there's no bias.
1: There's there's factual, and I mean, women compete in Miss America system to get prepared to compete at Miss USA.
0: Which one is more inclusive? Because the stereotype I think is a lot of pageants are you know very hard to get into. They're very closed off, and there's you know this years and years and years that people work their way up pageant systems. I could be completely wrong. So I'm just which one's easier. I think you're completely easier.
1: wrong. I think you're completely wrong. I'm just going to say it. Good. Um, Good to do? I think that you've just been listening to people who have not done well, maybe, or you've just been kind of stereotyping the whole situation based off of movies or shows, because that's sure. not the reality. Anybody can come in and win. You know, we have our Miss USA this year. Her very first pageant was Miss Kentucky USA. She won. She then went on to Miss USA, one Miss USA. She wasn't in it for years and years and years. You don't have to be to be successful. I think there's different types of people that do different types of things. You know, in the pageant world, you have a lot of girls that have done pageants for a long period of time, but they usually aren't involved in sports or, or maybe they focus more on pageants than sports. You know, it's, it's it's one of those things where like different time, where are you spending it? It's, it's not a place where you have to exclusively be exclusively be committed to this one direction. That's not it at all. Um and I think the inclusivity you're talking about is probably with body image. Is that correct? I, I
0: don't know. It was more just inclusivity as far as being allowed people off the street to be able to do it and not have that years and years of pedigree. So I I, I I'm glad that you said that I'm wrong. That's that's why we're here because just to kind of hear yeah. about the you know the the differences and what maybe some of those misconceptions are. That's whole reason I do this podcast is to kind of understand things that I don't know that much about so I oh I, I like that. gotcha
1: yeah neither of them require you to do anything I mean the Miss America one so if I was competing for Miss Indiana which is different than miss Indiana USA I would have to win a local pageant and yeah. I don't I don't have to have any prior experience to that local pageant I just have to enter I, I think both of them require you not to be married not to have children and I think think that's really all it requires, you know, just don't have any, I guess, um, criminal record either. And you can <laughs> do it.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: So, you
0: know, we, we already talked about maybe an area that surprised me or maybe a misconception I had you going mm-hmm. into it. Did you have maybe anything that once you got involved, you were like, oh, I was I didn't know about this. I was wrong or I thought this was totally different. Any surprises kind of once you got there and and started competing?
1: I mean, I stereotyped the crap out of it before I competed. I was like, that's why I was so hesitant. I was like, why am I being called to this like a pageant girl? Is this what I really want? I know I said this when I was younger, but like, do I want this now? Because people think they're ditzy. People think they're conceited. People think all these like negative things. There weren't very many positive things I was thinking, except like they're beautiful women um, that use the Miss USA platform. And I think that I was wrong about a lot of those things. I mean, yes, there are still women in the system, unfortunately, that just want to be told they're beautiful and do photo shoots, but there's also a huge amount that are wanting to leverage their platforms to make a difference in their community, to be the voice they wish they heard when they were younger and to actually do something about it and use their title to impact their community. And um, yeah, so that's something that I I don't think it shocked me though. Um, I, I think I kind of knew that, but I, I didn't realize how I didn't realize the other side of how hard it was as a title holder, constantly being criticized and constantly being judged off of silly, small things. Mm-hmm. And that's why I created my platform. So each, each person competing at Miss USA has a platform. Mm-hmm. My whole platform was around breaking the mold. So what I did to break the mold was I was like, breaking the mold is being your authentic self, not worrying about what other people think about you, or you see a system and you want to break it. You want to disrupt it. You want to do something and be something that's different. So whenever these pageant fans or people would criticize me, oh, she's not wearing enough makeup. Oh, she's not doing this correctly. Oh, she's not doing that correctly. I'd say, well, that's my whole platform. I'm breaking the mold of what you guys think I should do and be. And so it's kind of like a little cheat system that I created for myself where I didn't have to. Follow the rules, but I was creating my own rules and making an impact in my own
0: way. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really cool for sure. Talk about kind of the the cool things you you were able to do with that title. I know that I believe you had the title for the longest amount of time as anyone given COVID. So talk yes. about a little bit about uh, you know that that time and and some of the, the impact you were able to make.
1: Yeah, so I was. I am the longest reigning Miss Indiana USA to date 610 days. (laughs) That's actually insane when I say it, but uh, I mean, I, I really loved being Miss Indiana USA before COVID. I loved going to in person events, I loved hugging people. I loved talking with people. I loved sitting and hearing people's stories and sharing moments with them. I was also incredibly exhausted before COVID hit though, because I think I was spreading myself too thin. I was trying to do anything and everything, which is a blessing and a curse in itself. Like I was very grateful for the opportunity that I had to represent Indiana and I wanted to make the most impact that I could. And I wanted to empower the most lives. Um, but I was also incredibly exhausted, incredibly lonely. I hadn't developed um, any relationships, like no friendships, no no romantic relationships or anything. I, was, I had just moved to a new city and I was just hustling, going to all these events. And so it didn't really have time to worry about my social life or worry about other aspects of my life that are important for a full good circle of things. Um, but then COVID kind of gave me that time to relax and to focus more on myself and do things that made me mentally happy because I was just running on this wheel whenever it was before COVID. Um, So being a COVID queen was, it was annoying because I I really wish I could go to more in-person events and get that experience and do the things that I wanted to do. I mean, I hold had a whole list of things that I wanted to do and I couldn't do any of them because they all involved in person. Like, you know, I didn't really plan on doing zoom workouts or going and visiting classes over a zoom call. Like i always wanted to be in person at those things. And so that really changed, but it also opened a lot of doors because I could just stay at home and go and be somewhere in Fishers, Indiana, and then something down in New Albany, I could be all over the place within my living room. So I didn't have to worry about the travel time or any of that. So I was still able to do things that I wanted to do. It just, I didn't get that in-person love experience that I wanted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, well, you've already talked a little bit about breaking the mold. So I don't know how Mm -hmm. much more of that you want to, you want to talk about, but kind of mention a little bit more about what breaking the mold exactly
1: meant to you. The importance of individuality. I think so many people just want to be somebody in the crowd nowadays, or they want to fit in. That they're missing who they are and what they represent by just trying to be like everybody else. And if everybody's trying to be like everybody, then no one's going to be special. No one's going to be unique. There's not going to be any new innovations happening. And so I think it's important to break the mold. And also breaking the mold is kind of like breaking the glass ceiling for women, stepping into male-dominated fields. Uh, I'm in the crypto space right now. So I'm breaking the mold in my own right. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a sideline reporter and that was a very male dominated space. So I would have to break the mold there. Uh, So breaking the mold is just not being afraid to be who you really are in a world that tries to make you conform.
0: I like that. And I want to talk to you about crypto later, because that's another thing I don't know all that much about, but let's talk about how you dealt with people with all the you know preconceived notions their miss their misconceptions, all that kind of stuff about what it means to be a you know a title holder.
1: Uh, you know, I, I said before I wanted to be Miss Indiana, or when I was deciding to do it, my why, and part of my why was changing people's preconceived notions. And after my reign, after Miss USA, I had a lot of people messaging me like, wow, I've never been into pageantry before. I've never followed along someone, but I really enjoyed following your journey. It's made me gain a whole different respect for it. I know some people that actually ended up competing in pageants that had never thought about it in their entire life. Mm -hmm. And it, it was cool to kind of show people my journey of not being a pageant girl not being someone who is always so clean cut like i'm very quirky i'm very real like if you follow me on instagram my stories are a lot of time without makeup without anything i'm making jokes about myself i'm like just laughing at my life whatever might happen you know and so i think people didn't realize that it's so real and raw and even at miss usa i had a few women come up to me and they said hey i just just want to come up to you and talk to you for a second about how your brain has impacted me as a title holder as well. And I was like, Oh, impacted you. Okay. Like how? And they're like, I didn't think I could do a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do. I was scared to show this about myself or talk about this and you being so okay. And kind of creating your whole platform around just being you unapologetically has made me feel like I can do the same. And that was huge for me. And that meant a lot when those women came and talked to me because I wasn't just, you know, people think, oh, the Miss USA girls, they're there for kids. No, we're, we're here impacting the world. We're impacting other women. We're impacting each other. It's not just for kids. I think I've touched as many adult lives as I have kids' lives. And I think that's something that people stereotype as well. Like, oh, you're here just for kids or, oh, you're here just for picture ops. And it's like, no, I'm here to share a message. I'm here to relate, empower, impact, and do all the things with adults as well, not just kids.
0: I can't imagine how, you know, how that felt and how special it would be for your peers to, to tell you exactly what they told you. I think that's really cool. And it just shows exactly, you know, the impact you were making. So I think that's, that's awesome for sure. Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we're talking about Miss Indiana. We talked a little bit about Miss USA talk about that overall experience of competing in Miss USA, what that looks like. Obviously you, you, it's all, you know, other States coming to that. What's the preparation for that look like?
1: Oh my gosh. The preparation is a lot. I don't think people realize how much preparation goes into competing at a national competition. Uh, I probably put in five hours every day preparing, um, like every day leading up to that. So what for six months, five Mm -hmm. hours, every day you do the math. That's a lot. Um, and people are like five hours. Oh my gosh. That's, I don't believe that. And it's like, well, okay, well, let's break it down. I have to read the news every day. I have to know what's going on in the world. I have to get multiple sources of the news. I have to get a liberal and conservative News outlet source because I want to be well rounded. Uh, I have to work out. I mean, you don't have to, but I think it's really important to show people that strong is sexy. So I had to work out, probably work down an hour to an hour and a half every day. Um, you have to eat right. So you have to put in time into making sure you're making healthy meals, being conscious of what you're eating and putting in your body. Uh, also, meeting with my pageant coach and doing interview questions. Uh, Also reading, you know, you have to read books that are going to help you be more knowledgeable, be more confident, be a better leader. So all these things, I mean, it's, it's really stuff that you would do to make yourself a better person, because at the end of the day, you're not going to miss USA to compete against the other girls. People, people think that's what you're doing, but that's not what you're doing. If you're truly a winner on the inside, you know, you're there competing against yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not competing against the other 50 contestants Mm -hmm. because you just want to present the best version of yourself and make sure that you are showing up authentically as yourself and putting in the work to make sure you're ready.
0: Talk about when the, the, your reign of miss Indiana ended a new, new one was crowned. What, it what, I guess kind of that feeling there, because obviously you had that platform. I know mm-hmm. that you, you put a lot in place to make sure that, uh, you know, you, you maintained a platform, you maintained you know, some of that following, talk a little bit about that, that work you put in to, uh, to make sure things didn't, didn't die when the crown left.
1: You mean what I had planned next for my life?
0: Correct. Because yeah. because my
1: following was not ever from pageantry. I think I only got like 2000 followers from pageantry, wow. if we're being quite honest. Um, so. I knew after Miss USA, I was kind of like, Oh, I really thought I was going to win. Oh, I was kind of down in the dumps a little bit afterwards. And one day, And my, my, uh, trainer, my athletic trainer who was helping me prefer Miss USA. I mean, I started going back to training right after that. And he was like, all right, what's next. And I was like, shit, you're right. I need to figure out what's next. So I'm not just down in the dumps. Like I'm not here just to be Miss USA. I think I competed for this to be a stepping stone. So what is next? You know, this is what I'm going to do. And I was like, okay, like I want to model more. All right. So then I moved to. Miami. I moved down to South Florida so I could model more. I walked in my very first swim week, which was huge for me, so much fun. Um, and then I want to do movies. I want to be an act- actress. And it's just like figuring out what's next. And what's next, you know, never really is exactly what you think it is because life twists and turns you all these different w- ways. And right now I'm in LA doing crypto stuff. And I really never thought that that was going to happen. And then I got an opportunity, and that's what's happening now. So I think after Miss USA, it's really important for women who are competing or people that are their friends or supporters to encourage them for what's next. Because I think a lot of people get caught up in like, this is the climax of my life and it should be the beginning of your life. I really think Miss USA was the beginning of greatness. I think it's something to get me on the map. So I have something else behind my name that is going to grow me even further And with that mindset, you know, anything is possible. But if you think that that's your climax, then I mean, I don't know, but to me, that's kind of like, oh, um, okay. Like, you know, people have different goals and life aspirations, but Miss USA was never the end all be all.
0: I feel like me, if I did something like this, I feel like I would almost be, and I again, it could be totally different, but I'd almost be relieved after things were over just because like you mentioned, I you had to have a liberal point of view and a conservative and you had to make sure you, you were well-rounded and knew and had opinions on everything. Like, of course I have opinions, but Mm -hmm. I don't know that I want to have to read up and make sure that everyone, you know, knows my opinion on things. I feel like that would be stressful at that point.
1: It, It actually was, I would have journals and I have to like write down what I thought about certain topics and, um, topics that i i quite frankly didn't care about didn't want to know more about but if i was asked it i'd have to be able to produce an answer so i had to know about it Mm -hmm. and yeah that that part was exhausting doing all the research and studying up on different things
0: yeah i can i can only imagine something that else that you did I, i believe after all of these pageants it could have been during but a little bit of something that i have a little bit of of knowledge on just because i had two people on this podcast talking about it. And that was cosplay. You started doing a little bit of, of wonder woman cosplay. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yes, yeah, So that actually started, I started that in 2021 in January. Uh, and I grew that account to, uh, it has like around 697,000 right now followers. Um, but I really started that because One, I love Wonder Woman. I've wanted to do it for a long time, but I just have never gathered the courage to do it, I guess you could say. And I was in a classroom talking to, I think, first or second graders about the importance of higher education which I have already told you I have mixed feelings about. Um, but, you know, I was I was going with it. And, you know, what what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And I was asking the kids that I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. And there was this little boy wearing a Batman T-shirt. And I could tell he wasn't the coolest kid in the classroom. And I was like, what do you want to be? He's like, I want to be Batman. I said it was so much enthusiasm and everybody just laughed at him. And my heart just, oh, it sunk into my stomach. I felt terrible because I remember when I was in high school, I was out a baccalaureate dinner, which is a dinner for the top 10 percentile within the school system. And people were being recognized and they would say what they want to be. You know, I heard the same thing, lawyers, this, that, and the other. And then when Victoria's Secret Angels were a thing, I said, I wanted to be a Victoria's Secret Angel. And everybody laughed. And my heart sunk to my stomach then. Cause I was like, why could I not be this? And so whenever that little boy said that, it like hit me and I was like, no, 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 you can be Batman. Like you can create a social media account. You can be an actor and be in Batman. You could e- even work on Hollywood Boulevard and take pictures with people. You could work at universal studios as a stuntman. Like there's different ways that you could be Batman. And it kind of also made me realize, wow, like why am I afraid to cosplay as wonder woman and do something with this. If I'm telling a little boy that he shouldn't be afraid either. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. Screw what everybody thinks. I'm going to create an account, created it, started blowing up, started making, you know, getting more brand deals, making more money from it. And I was like, Oh, look, I literally am living proof of what I just told this little boy that he could be. So not to say that I would have never started cosplaying as wonder woman, but this, experience with this classroom and this little boy definitely pushed me to start cosplaying to just get another one of those, like, I'm going to prove you wrong scenarios in my life.
0: For sure. So let's talk about you know what you're doing now too with the cryptocurrency and the cryptocurrency podcast. Tell us a little bit about the podcast.
1: Yeah. So it's called the CryptoCast. I have a co-host named Jason and he's a crypto researcher, who works for a company as a researcher. And so the whole premise of our podcast is I am a crypto newbie. I don't know much about crypto. Jason knows a lot more than I know. And so I kind of interview him about different topics and ask him, you know, what is the importance of investing? What's a bull and bear market? What are altcoins? What our NFTs, we have guests on that are, you know, NFT enthusiasts or enthusiasts about certain aspects in the crypto world or they're creating projects and doing different things. So the whole premise is somebody that's new to the space or crypto curious can listen to our part podcast from the start and learn crypto along with me learning crypto. So it's unintimidating. And I also have found that there's not a lot of women that are influencers in the space or teachers in the space. And so I want to bridge that gap. to invite more women into the space and have them see me and not feel intimidated because I've looked up YouTube channels. It's all these guys just acting like they're so cool using big words. People don't understand. Oh, I hundred X to my, my Bitcoin the other day. And if you do this and you hodl it, and they use all these words that don't make any freaking sense to a newbie. So we wanted to create this, this, podcast to show people that you can come along with us and you can learn and you can be great at it. And it it's not something that you should be intimidated by. And it's amazing. Type into um, anywhere you get your podcast, crypto space cast, like C A S T, like a podcast, but a crypto cast and you can find it.
0: Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I was going to ask you kind of briefly explain to people because this, I mean, I have people always break down anything i even had people explain what bowling is so you know you're, you're two weeks in you're the newbie but i still think you're going to know a lot more than than most tell us exactly what cryptocurrency is
1: i mean cryptocurrency is a decentralized currency that's that you can use worldwide it's the same place worldwide right it's not you know like the dollar is more inflated here and it's a different price somewhere else and different price somewhere else like it all holds the same amount throughout anywhere, and people like it because it's decentralized, which means that it's it's not the banks don't own it, the government doesn't own it. And kind of what I just said, it's you can use it anywhere.
0: Yeah, well, definitely people should check that out for sure. Um, tell us what what you hope the, the future holds. I know I listened to one podcast with you. I thought it was really cool that you you said that you want to be a game show host. I <laughs> tell you to look at look at an earlier podcast i i interviewed somebody who was quite a quite the big game show host at one point so i may have some i may have a connection for you there but talk a little bit about uh, your future
1: okay yeah so um i'm more interested in acting right now uh the game show i could see down the road as something that i would like to do but yeah i like i like nick cannon's role on america's got talent i like how he (laughs) interacts with the people that are about to go on stage and kind of like makes fun of them. <laughs> and then as they're performing, he's either like, wow, that's amazing. Or he continues to make fun of them. I think that's hilarious. I love his banter with people and I like the quickness that you have to have on your feet. I like also the comedy that comes behind it. I've done stand-up. I actually did stand-up to prepare for miss USA just to be ready for whatever they might throw at me. And um, so it's something that I think I'd be really good at. It's also a male dominated space. Another thing with breaking the mold, and it has a lot of attributes that I think that I would be good at in the space. And it's, it's fun. I was on Let's Make a Deal. So I kind of saw a little bit behind the scenes of what a game show would be like. I mean, you never really know what's going to happen in life. You kind of just got to throw the spaghetti at the wall and see when it sticks. For sure. Tell us how we're
0: going to uh, connect with you. You mentioned your, your Instagram, the, the podcast. Throw all of those connection points back out
1: yeah if you if you follow my instagram you can find the podcast uh you can also find my other social media channels but my instagram is at lil letty so it's l-i-l-l-e-t-e and then the podcast is called crypto cast so it's how you spell crypto and then how you spell cast uh when there's a space in there which is important because someone else has a crypto cast and there's no space but ours has a space so make sure to put that in there and then uh tick it's the same username I do have a Wonder Woman TikTok, which is Wonder Woman No one asked for.
0: Wonder Woman No one asked for.
1: Well, I'm gonna throw another one out there that maybe you're not promoting anymore.
0: but in preparing for this, you used to have a different podcast, that in power podcast. I really enjoy listening to that. So
1: go no. check that out.
0: Maybe you're not doing that anymore, but I think that's a really cool podcast too.
1: Thank you. It is it It just became a lot of work. I'm sure you know how much work it is to produce the podcast. And I was also putting out the visuals and I was also editing for Instagram and editing for all these things. And it just got to be a lot. And I was kind of missing the focus of where my real goals were just by something that I was passionate about. Cause I'm, I tend to get passionate about a lot of stuff. Like I'm really passionate about this crypto stuff right now. Um, and it's, it's still doing what I was doing with that podcast. So that podcast was to empower women. This podcast I have now is to empower women to enter or understand the space of crypto better. You
0: no, know, I think that's awesome for sure. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, good talking to you. Thanks for having me on.
0: So that was Alexis Letty, really cool person, enjoyed our, our talk immensely. Down in the show notes, of course, I'm going to have the links to her podcast, both of them that we talked about, that current one. Definitely check that out if you're at all interested in cryptocurrency. Check out her Empower podcast that I think she may not be doing anymore, but go check it out. I think you're going to enjoy that one. Um, Go look at her Instagram uh obviously her cosplay with Wonder Woman she's just got a lot of really cool things happening i know if you follow along you're going to just be along for a really cool ride cuz she's got a lot of uh cool things on the horizon i don't think this is the last time we uh we're hearing from her by any means just uh, a lot of really really interesting things coming and she's got uh, just a, such a passion behind her that i i i know she's she's destined for some really awesome stuff so i appreciate alexis being here Appreciate you being here. Go check us out, too, if this is your first time listening. Uh, Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff podcast um, on uh, Facebook. Not in a Huff podcast on Instagram. Uh, Go give us a five-star on Spotify and on Apple. Leave us a review. Would appreciate that greatly. Uh, But thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both.
1: But until then, keep being awesome.